Hi, and welcome to Shadow Talk's weekly intelligence summary track, where our team of analysts dive into the top threat intelligence stories each week. To read their full findings and analysis, make sure to visit resources.digitalshadows.com. Now here's your host, Harrison Van Riper. What's up, everybody? I'm HVR, and we're back again with another Shadow Talk weekly intelligence update. Uh, I'm back in Dallas, back with you, Christian. Uh, finally getting some sleep in my own bed, which is extremely nice. And Christian, you're lucky that I'm in the office this week because I've been so tired mm-hmm. from all of my travels. Uh, and, and it's your birthday week as well. Yeah, well, you're the one to talk. It's your birthday day. Yeah. So happy birthday to you. That was, yeah. that was, that's kind of like a shameless plug for me to get a happy birthday from you. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. I know what you're doing. And yeah. It's not yeah. altruistic like you're meaning to be. It's not. Yeah. It's not. No. Okay. Wish me more happy birthdays. Okay. Okay. Throughout, just more throughout the day. <laughs> um, so, yes, that's Christian Rankin. Uh, Christian, what is your Twitter handle, by the way? Your current one? Uh, it's Cristiano73214. No, it's not. Don't lie. I think it is. Is it really? Yeah. That's very complicated. Yeah, I feel like I know. you should change it. I, yeah. This is for all the listeners that want to go out there and follow Christian on Twitter. Okay. Well, let's just link my uh, Twitter handle toward the, nope. at the bottom of the... Not going to do that. All right. Well. <laughs> yeah. Also on the line with us this week is Jamie Collier. The Collier Jam on Twitter, a much more straightforward uh, Twitter handle. How are you? Yeah, very good. Obviously, uh, happy birthday. I think uh, for me, the main concern is that this maybe takes the attention away from me. Uh, so <laughs> I'm included plenty in the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I don't mean to take the attention away from you. And listeners, you can't see this, but Jamie's hair looks excellent today. We were just talking about it before we started recording. And he's using a new sea salt spray, which I feel like I need to use this now. <clears throat> Can I get that in the States? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's just and obviously we were discussing shampoo techniques as well. So a lot to unpack. Mainly I need to know because I don't have nearly as much hair as Jamie does. Yeah, I know. I'm sitting over here jealous too, but it kind of pains me. On my birthday, no less, you have way better hair than I do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, actually, yeah, that's another good question. Jamie, when are you going to come over to Dallas? When you show you all the good barbecue spots? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to come. Uh, obviously, you know, maybe you guys, as I've said many a time, uh, maybe you guys could all kind of pitch in, raise a bit of money for me to come over. Um, but, you know, I am, I, you know, I don't eat meat. So as long as there's some kind of veggie barbecue going on, um, you know, that, that could be a bit of a deal breaker in terms of if you kind of get my time or not. How did I not know that you do not eat meat? I feel like I should know this. I don't know. I don't, I don't like to talk about myself too much. <laughs> I did know this just to you did? Out. yeah hmm. so I'm well okay so friend. so then on that note actually we have a apparently I haven't been yet but there's apparently a very good vegan barbecue place here in Dallas that they yeah. make actual like vegan brisket yeah I believe it I, I don't know of it but yeah I, I believe yeah. it yeah all right well enough pleasantries on to the main story of this week uh There was a supply chain attack on Asus, which enabled backdoor access on at least 500,000 devices. Jamie, tell me more. Yeah, so this campaign was referred to as Operation Shadowhammer. Currently, the threat actor is unidentified. But as you said, it uh, compromised the servers of the device manufacturer Asus um, and effectively pushed illegitimate software updates to Asus devices uh, between June and November 2018. Um, as the ASUS server was itself uh, compromised, 
This meant that the updates, when they were pushed, they had uh, legitimate ASUS certificates. And that meant for users that they appeared as authentic software updates. Um, clearly here, the, the scale of the uh, compromises is quite significant. Uh, you know, at least a half a million users' devices were uh, compromised with this kind of initial backdoor. Uh, some reports uh, suggesting that could actually be closer to a million. Um, but then I think what's, what's really interesting uh, and even puzzling about this uh, incident is that uh, the vast majority of these uh, devices weren't targeted. Uh, the initial kind of malware in the, within the back door had a list of 600 uh, MAC addresses, and if, uh, if a device uh, matched one of those, uh, additional malware was installed. Um, but if, if there wasn't that kind of match, then the malware stayed silent. So I think what's kind of strange about this is that we tend to look at these kind of supply chain or kind of software update attack vectors as something that would appeal to a threat actor due to the scale and kind of breadth that you, you get in terms of, you know, able to compromise a lot of devices. So, um, so to use this kind of attack vector to actually uh, conduct something much more targeted um, is very kind of, is very strange. Uh, I guess it suggests that, you know, that the, the threat actor is, uh, you know, really sophisticated that they're able to go to all this length uh, just to target, say, 600 devices. Um, but it also uh, indicates a level of operational sophistication. To get those MAC addresses, and, and for context here, uh, each, you know, each device has this kind of unique MAC address. So that would suggest that the, um, the threat actor would have conducted some sort of prior reconnaissance, uh, prior understanding of the MAC addresses that they're after. It means it's, you know, pretty targeted. Not only would the threat uh, actor need to know the MAC addresses of, of targets, but it would also need to know that they are using ASUS devices. Um, so, you know, quite a complex kind of attack chain here. Threat uh, actor has to compromise a software vendor or a hardware manufacturer in order to then uh, get to, towards their initial target. Um, so, you know, all quite interesting there. So have we seen any activity like this uh, previously? Yeah, so 2017 um, software update attack vectors were, were used. Uh, first, uh, not in the NotPetya ransomware. That infected victims via a malicious update. But uh, then also with uh, CCleaner, where the application delivered malware uh, via update again. Um, interestingly, the, the, this latest report on Operation Shadowhammer did draw some parallels with uh, CCleaner. There was some suggestion there that the campaigns could be linked, but... You know, we didn't really see any of that hard evidence. The CCleaner incident had been kind of linked partially to APC-17, but I think to, to say that Operation Shadowhammer is linked to APC-17, for me, it's a bit too soon because A, the link between CCleaner and Operation Shadowhammer isn't fully established, and then uh, I'm not sure we've kind of seen those smoking guns as well in terms of CCleaner and APC-17. The link there, I think, was an overlapping code rather than anything more concrete. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so do people need to be worried about updating their devices then? No, I don't think so. I, I think uh, for the most part, it's still a very good idea, highly recommended to uh, keep your uh, devices updated. But obviously, there is that kind of tangential uh, risk that individuals, organizations will kind of see this as a headline, and they might resist updating their systems out of fear of that kind of compromise. But actually, the security benefits of, of updating software uh, significantly outweigh the risks of a supply chain compromise. Uh, so, you know, all users should really ensure their systems remain up to date. And, you know, obviously kind of worried about you, Harrison, here. I know you, you can get quite lazy when it comes to updating your devices. You're, you're one of those people that clicks uh, maybe tomorrow. 
I just we'll keep trying an hour. postpone, just postpone, postpone, postpone. Cool. Well, yeah. So no, I would say yes, definitely update your devices, keep them patched uh, as much as possible. All right, cool. So that was a really interesting story from this week. Uh, let's move on to the highlights from this week. Christian, what do we have? Cool. So we've got some good stuff from this week. So uh, recently, security researchers published details on two new data breach events attributed to the MageCart threat group, which affected the platforms uh, MyPillow and Amerisleep. So they were going after our sleeping habits, which really... How dare they? Yeah, that that hurts. Uh, So MyPillow was reportedly targeted in October 28th. Or 2018, the group first registered a type of squatter domain and used the free certificate authority Let's Encrypt to implant the SSL search. The group then added a script to the MyPillow website, which connected to an obfuscated JavaScript-based skimmer hosted on the spoof domain. Uh, following this, the attackers then registered another type of squatter domain, which impersonated MyPillow's legitimate live support chat service. Uh, Amerisleep, on the other hand, was reportedly first compromised by MageCart in April 2017. So this goes back quite a bit. Uh, Attackers used spoof domains to host skimming code active on the company's website until at least October 2017. Following this, the attacks used a GitHub account repository titled Amerisleep to host the code. Uh, finally, in January 2019, the website was identified as running a skimming code previously attributed to MageCart, which contained conditional checks to only run on a payment and checkout pages. Um, so, yeah, so we've, that's what we've got there. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, so, I mean, this is, I guess, another example of previous MageCart activity now being identified as MageCart activity since, we've, since the big explosion of MageCart activity, right? Because it's not, it's not a new thing. It's kind of like a they compromised them previously and right. Exactly. I think the, the important bit there that you just highlighted is research was identified on this date, but it's not when that happened. Right. So it's good to you know, shine a light on that kind of activity that's happened in the past. And yeah. Yeah. But ongoing wage card reporting still coming out. Yep. Yeah. And there's no reason to think it's going to stop. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Jamie, what do you have? Yeah, so there's been some new activity by Fin7. Fin7 is a kind of financially motivated threat group. Uh, been involved in you know previous attacks targeting a variety of sectors, uh, typically in the United States. Um, but these two new kind of malware variants, uh, one called kind of SQL Rat, is purpose to communicate with a Microsoft SQL database, uh, kind of controlled by the attackers in an attempt mm-hmm. to execute its content on a targeted host. And then the second one, DNS bot, that's a multi-protocol uh, backdoor that can receive and transmit remote commands and ex- exfiltrate targeted data to the attacker's command and control server. So, you know, really kind of designed to kind of keep that communication flow uh, going. Um, so we don't know exactly what's going on in terms of the campaigns they've been used in, uh, but it does kind of appear like it's ongoing and they were first uh, observed in use um, in January 2018. I think what this actually tells us is the group remains active. There were uh, three of its members were arrested in August 2018. So it would appear that the group have been able to overcome that. Uh, maybe suggests that they have a kind of a high level of uh, organization. They're a group with maybe different subgroups. Um, and it's not just kind of one uh, small collective. So I think, you know, we're probably likely to expect additional attacks uh, as part of these campaigns uh, within the next three months. Gotcha. Interesting. All right, Christian, third highlight of the week. 
Yeah, third highlight. Uh, so Locker Goga comes up again. For all those listeners who listened to last week, uh, I believe the main topic was had to do with Locker Goga infecting Norsk Hydro, the uh, Norwegian company. Locker Goga being a ransomware. Locker Goga is a ransomware, yes. Um, so what we saw what we saw this week, uh, two American chemical companies were impacted by what appears to be the Locker Goga ransomware. So you've got Hexion and Momentive, two companies that merged in 2010. I think that bit's important. Uh, they're global distributors of chem- uh, specialty chemicals and performance materials such as uh, resins and silicon. Uh, based on the ransom file generated on the infected computers, it appears that the ransomware that encrypted the company's machines was the Locker Goga variant. So what happens is after the computer's files are encrypted, the user will get prompted with a, a text file that will have pretty much the same type of um, demand for how to pay the ransomware. So that was at the time of writing, that's how they were identifying that as Locker Goga. What happened to uh, Hexion and Momentive? Apparently the business operations side were not affected. However, the corporate operations were, um, which is a little bit of a divergence from what we've seen it affecting in the past. Um, I'm not sure how much you can read into that, but I found that difference interesting. So the business side being the operations side? like the, Yeah, the, the manufacturing. The manufacturing. Yeah, okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, thanks, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and the Momentum CEO uh, named Jack Boss uh, has stated that the data on the affected computers was probably lost. So hmm, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think there's there's also some other rumors going around that I, that Logger Goga is acting more as a wiper, you know, kind of locking it out and then not allowing people to actually pay the ransom to unencrypt or decrypt. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. There there are rumors um, that say that. And I think, I think we need to keep in mind that those are just rumors. We don't know that yet, but that definitely checks out. So the proliferation of the ransomware throughout the network is a lot slower than you see with other ransomwares. And then also the fact that you are prompted to email those who have infected your device, and then you kind of like barter down a price about what you're going to pay from what I've heard, you can just understand that the scalability of that would not Mm. be what it would be compared to other ransomware. Um, So it's more targeted. Possibly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I want to say yes, but I don't think we can definitively say yes to that. Sure. Sure. Cool. Interesting. Um, All right. Is there anything else going on that the listeners should keep an eye out for in the future? Jamie, why don't you go first? Yeah, so maybe something to watch is the Israeli legislative uh, elections coming up on the 9th of April. Um, We've seen in the last few weeks uh, stories of prominent Israeli political figures having their devices compromised. Um, Not entirely clear who's behind this. It's been linked to Iran, but, you know, potentially also uh, associated with Israeli political opponents. But I think what we might see coming up is potentially leaks as a result of compromised devices uh, this might be incidents that have occurred well in the past, but you know this would be an opportune time to release any sensitive information, uh, potentially some interference there given uh, Israel sits in a kind of controversial spot within the Middle East. Um, obviously, if Iran is kind of linked to some of this activity, um, we could also see the flip side of this, so Israel actually retaliating towards any kind of uh, attempts to kind of interfere. All right, cool. So is there anything else going on? 
Well, one thing maybe to watch is that the European Parliament has uh, just voted in favour of Article 13. This is a kind of new uh, controversial copyright law that will, uh, you know, introduce tougher restrictions on posting copyrighted material online, maybe affect some of the kind of YouTubers out there. Um, so nothing kind of concrete about this, but, you know, we could potentially see uh, a bit of a backlash from some ideologically motivated threat actors or hacktivists, uh, maybe some kind of actors that are linked to kind of internet freedom movements, for example. Yeah, the YouTubers, when you try and stamp on their, uh, on their memes, they're going to get angry. We, I mean, I mean, honestly, like with the whole PewDiePie thing, that was obviously a very big uh, sort of not not a major event, but it was something that affected some people. So could be that something happens on the back end of that. But I don't think they'd be able to meme back and protest. <laughs> That's true. They could not. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that wraps up the intelligence summary for this week. Remember to share this podcast with your friends and tell them to subscribe because that would be awesome. Uh, Raphael actually did a really interesting episode with Richard Gold and a high-frequency trading expert uh, talking about mergers and acquisitions, uh, sharing of insider knowledge, manipulating stock prices, and attacks against the financial services industry, and how all that comes together. Uh, it's a really interesting episode, so go and listen to that. Uh, all right, so then the question for this week. So, so I recently changed my Twitter handle. And there were really funny, like funny handles that I wanted to use, but uh, they were already taken, uh, which was very and, and and nobody was actually using them, right? The really the really good ones. So I was like, how do I, I really want this, but I can't have it? And so that makes me angry. Um, so if you could have any Twitter handle, what would it be? I think I'll I'll jump in here because you know at the start of this podcast we established that I have a terrible Twitter handle. <laughs> I don't dispute. Uh, younger Christian didn't know what he was doing. Come on, um, younger Christian. I think, I think, given recent events, I, I think I'm going to go with at anti anti vaxer. I think that would be <laughs> anti. You're the anti anti vax. Yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to. So you're you're just vax. Yeah, that's the trench I'm willing to die in. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's. I think that's one. fair. Yep, that's fair. All right, Jamie, what you got? Well, I don't know. As, as listeners will know, I go by the Collier Jam. Um, it is, it's a good one. About, yeah, I have thought about just Collier Jam uh, in the past, but some swine had the handle, got suspended, and now the handle sits in this kind of no man's land. Oh, so, no. I mean, Twitter, what up with that? I mean, you need to release the handle from this kind of Twitter purgatory that it's in at the moment. But at, I mean, at if Jack I could, Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think if I could have any handle, though, I would have yours, Harrison. Um, oh. I would comprehend your online persona. I'd run a smear campaign uh, by posting inappropriate tweets, tarnish your reputation. Um, <laughs> ultimately, with the ambition to dethrone you as the podcast host, as uh, listeners, I'm sure, will have realized by now it's a position I've long coveted for myself. <laughs> I would just like to point out that Searchlight would would have picked that up. That's true. That is true. So, Little minor plug there for digital yeah. shadows. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that you would go through such great lengths to take over my online persona. Um, I think you're probably the only one. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, yeah, and I and I would I wouldn't change it. I just changed it, so I like mine. Yeah, pseudo HBR. But one of the ones that I did want to change it to, just because I thought it would be funny, would be like at whatever just be like some some like blase thing like eh, whatever tweet yeah. me at whatever 
Oh, oh, like literally at whatever. Yeah, like like at whatever. And somebody already has that. Yeah. Back when I wanted to get it, like a couple years ago, nobody was like, they weren't using it at all. And I was like, how do I, how can I get around this? I need to at Jack. At Jack, yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, listeners, that will do it for us from this week. Uh, Thank you, guests. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Twitter. Talk to you all next week.